you guys need to decide when you're ready to take on the challenge because I think you might need a bit more than four weeks as Ashley mentioned there but let's get it done beforehand I love your confidence but you haven't got a hope OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app now then you are very welcome along so on the show this evening a slight tangent for the ninth week in a row we are Rangers Colm O'Rourke is the Meath manager he's on the way as well fresh from his Talchin Cup win Meath's Talchin Cup win on Saturday Lawrence Donegan will preview the Open coming to you from Hoy Lake 53106 is the text number we are at off the ball on Twitter Michael McCarthy here in studio hello hi Joe and Richie McCormick hello to you gentlemen how are you very good I uh, read that slightly slower than usual Richie because I could see that I kid you not Michael McCarthy was late and he was crawling across the studio (laughs) as I was speaking like he's doing some like assault course would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids the camera angle I can see shows the two of you and I was like where in God's name is Mick Joe is cutting it dicey here if he's gonna oh here we go I'm gonna be first but no Mick got in there fair play to you Mick that was quick moving (laughs) 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 forgot my earphones where were you I forgot my earphones. Ah, okay. Like I had about ten seconds. <clears throat> we were during weather. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have been able to hear Richie's. You know. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, maybe I should just come in. Colin O'Rourke on the way after nine. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that, Richie. Yeah, Colin O'Rourke. Pass makes up for a manager. I know. It's um, interesting in that he obviously took the job, and then things started okay and then they dipped there was a six match streak where they didn't win and that includes bowing out of the Leinster Championship at the hands of Offaly and some big defeats at the hands of Derry and Dublin in the league the latter which was on TV and the sense was and there was I think there was a fair degree of schadenfreude in the air in GA Mm. circles the sense was there he is now sitting on the TV for the last however many decades criticising and talking about attacking football and you know, um, bemoaning our, our, our negative tactics. And then look at this, Derry Dublin tearing through them, exposing this very naive approach. And I think the dinosaur was fairly roundly used as well. So it's certainly a very nice recovery on O'Rourke's part, to say the least. So looking forward to chatting to him about that, amongst other things after nine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great platform for me to build on now as well, isn't it? Because like it's a young team that they've brought through They've obviously figured out what they were trying to do over the course of the year as well. So um actually quite impressed with Colum and how he's talked all the way through the year as well because I do agree with you. I feel like there was a little bit... Uh, you know, I think people were somewhat out to get him, you know, even subconsciously, mm. you know, that there was this sense of this guy, this know-it-all almost yeah. in a way. But, yeah. you know, it's like... It's not as if just because we haven't been watching him managing, he's got as much experience as any first-time inter-county manager, if not more, I would say, obviously, because he's been doing it a long time. Huge. He's won a lot of yeah. Mead County Championship, Simonstown and so on. So, you know, um, look, good first year, not brilliant. You know, you have to remember that they, yes. they probably shouldn't have lost to Offaly. They struggled in the league. Uh, but they went and did what they had to do then and won the Talsa Cup. So it's something to build on for next year. Yes, I think that's a good way of framing it. It's not like... It's the greatest season of. Uh, they were the top ranked team in in the Talton Cup, like yeah. the, you know, in any other year, more than likely, if you know, if there wasn't a guaranteed Division Four team in the Connacht final, if Clare didn't make the Munster final, if Westmead hadn't already, yeah, you know, uh, guaranteed their place, a team that finishes sixth in Division Two isn't going to be in the Talton Cup most years. Yeah, shout out by the way, Donald Keoghan, Meath yes, captain. What a player he is. Because I, I just I gave uh, Tommy Rooney, our resident Meath 
expert uh, call earlier on just to get a sense I suspected he had watched most of Mead's games and I was chatting to him about the ebb and flow of the season and he goes by the way Donald Keoghan 150 I think three appearances for Mead certainly passed the 150 mark made his debut kind of 2011-2012 territory Donald Keoghan has never missed a championship game and he has missed just three league games across his 11-12 years with Mead never wins silverware yeah. and then you get a day like Saturday which is very sweet for him I dare say every county has a Donald Keoghan and it's only in that county that everybody knows and appreciates the commitment because I certainly wasn't going Donald Keoghan of course never missed a championship match only missed three league games none of us know that you don't know that he's playing all the counties. time but he's yeah. such a stalwart like I mean the the sad part about Daniel Ke- Ke- Donald Keoghan's career is that like Mead were somewhat relevant when he burst on the scene as a as a kid you know as a corner back and he was like clearly next big thing and it was like nobody came with him you know, in that era, and he's he struggled. You know, like there's a Shane Dooley might be a kind of a, someone that you kind of think of in mm. off, in hurling. Oh, you know, he he's been there through Offaly's worst ever time, and probably is one of their best players yeah. over a career. But Keoghan, Richie, you'll remember this as a as a Mead fan. But like Claire played Mead in the last twelve qualifier one year to make the quarterfinals, and it was it was one of those games that like. Claire felt they had won and should have won and I swear to God Kyogen won that game on his own and I mean defence and an attack he was absolutely outstanding so by far and away the best player in the pitch at a game at that level of two kind of Division 2 teams so yeah that's a, it's a fair thing to bring up him as a tribute yeah. silverware this, this week of course yeah so Colin O'Rourke on the way after nine a slight tangent is at eight o'clock nine weeks in a row Richie well, well done. I see you're still clinging on to the, the Rangers mm-hmm. uh, analogy, which I'm sure is going down great guns with the listeners. We're Rangers. Uh, uh, I think, haven't Celtic done it? Yeah, uh, like a couple of know, years ago. Which which would be, I'd imagine, I'm probably stretching here, slightly more popular with the great listening public out there it just, uh, rather than your 30-year-old Rangers analogy. It just depends what age you, you, know, you, you were when that landed. I mean, if I was 30 I years younger, then I'd be saying we're Celtic. But no, for me, it's Rangers. It's still, it's still Walter Smith year after year with the big grin in his face going up to collect the trophy <laughs> yes, and it finding it hard to begrudge Ali McCoyst because he's, he's Ali McCoyst. Yeah. Quiz question. Newly on TNT Sports, by the way, Ali McCoy. But go on. Who was the Celtic oh, lucky manager? TNT? Huh? Who was the Celtic manager who stopped the ten in a row? Tim Janssen. I actually should have said, "Don't answer this, Richie." <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to know. <laughs> right on, the Richie. man who never gets enough credit as a kind of Cruyff psychic. He gets a lot of good mentions in that uh, Cruyff biography that was released. Um, a year or so ago, the Elkakok one that we did a piece on. Um, yeah, Tim Janssen is um, one of those. Um, never, he was never, never got, got enough to be credit played by Colin Meany in a film unfortunately he should be like in fairness Meany has already done Don Revy which is probably Meany's uh, you know limit as regards football managers but Vim Janssen as played by Colin Meany would be perfect was that in Joe. Damned United yeah did he he was he was Don a really Revy, good yeah. Revy yeah. Ah, I must rewatch that Mm. <laughs> I don't remember it because I presume they did the TV studio scene in quite a lot of detail yeah they have the right colour yeah. background which is amazing the Austin Mitchell is a bit dodge but the Meanie yeah Meanie is, as Don Revy is it's pretty spot on yeah. I, I, in fairness to Michael Sheen so bloody good that I don't remember who else was in the movie yeah. I know John Giles was six foot four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Irishman. <laughs> Peter McDonald, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Brevy was or, sorry, Bremner was was probably about right, but yeah, there were. Oh well, Bremner was um, 
who's your man? Like a who's such the a scouse actor, phenomenal who, actor. Oh, the guy from yeah. Line of Duty. Yes. Oh, I yeah, and, and this is England. Who you're talking about? Yeah, he's, he's like an outrageous actor. So he was Arthur check. <laughs> anyway, we're going off on um, a slight, slight tangent. Indeed. So let's um, check in on events in Australia. The Denise O'Sullivan news continues to be good. Yeah, it's uh, trending upwards. Denise O'Sullivan winning her race to be fit for Thursday's World Cup opener with Australia. The midfielder will take a full part in tomorrow's training session, having come through two others unscathed. Rusha Littlejohn was another who came under fire during that abandoned friendly with Colombia, and she spoke this morning to our own Kathleen McNamee. Rusha, Vera said to us on Saturday that you were one of the players who was at the receiving end of a hard tackle. How are you feeling after Friday? Yeah, fine. Um, it's done now and we're, we're moving forward. It was a bit of a heated game, but... That was it. A few few bruises along the way, but that, that was all. Yeah. And how did you find the weekend having the time off and probably getting to see a bit of Brisbane? Or I think, were you up on the Gold Coast, yeah. did I say? Amazing. I think it was uh, well and truly needed. Just needed to switch off, get away from camp and sort of just take ourselves away from here. A few girls done different things. A group of us went to Gold Coast. I love the beach, so I had to go there. Love swimming. Had to do it. Uh, and then I think a few girls went to like the koala, uh, koala sanctuaries and stuff like that. So I think everyone's had a nice day. I know it's kind of back to business. Yeah, I saw her saying elsewhere. It's a bit like with a family. You just need to get away for a while, go to the beach, cool off, intense. <laughs> so uh, that's good. And suddenly it's here. We'll be doing our World Cup show from tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the build-up will be very focused on Australia, Ireland. It's nice to be on day one. Got to say, you know, that's straight into it. No way. Yeah. Mm. So day minus two here. Yeah. That's the way we need to start talking. FIFA language. <laughs> Meanwhile, all is not well in the England camp, it seems, Richie. Not necessarily, no. England squad pausing negotiations in their pay dispute with the English FA until the World Cup is concluded. A statement signed by all the players and posted online by Captain Millie Bright says they're disappointed it's yet to be resolved. The disagreement is over performance-related bonuses and England start their campaign against Haiti on Saturday. Okay. Shamrock Rovers uh, will have their regrets from the uh, first leg. They're far from out of it. No, they're not. Uh, but they are without Neil Farouja and Jack Byrne for tonight's second leg of their Champions League qualifier. Farouja's failed to recover from a hamstring injury. Byrne picked up a knock in that first leg defeat to Bradeblick, a 1-0 first leg deficit. Richie Towell and Graham Burke come in for Dylan Watts and the injured Jack Byrne in the Rovers 11. Uh, they have Leon Poles in goal, back three of Sean Hoare, Roberto Lopez and Dan Cleary. Across the middle then from right to left, it's Ronan Finn, Richie Towell, Gary O'Neill, Marcus Palm and Sean Kavanagh. Graham Burke and Rory Gaffney are up front and kickoff is at 8.15 Irish time the winners will play Copenhagen in the second qualifying round does Jack Byrne miss a lot of games is he he a lot of niggly injuries or else he's like you know he's only able for 30 minutes or whatever off the bench he doesn't seem to be he never seems to you wouldn't be guaranteed that Jack Byrne's going to be starting for Shamrock Rovers in any given week would you a run uh, this season has been uh, a little bit better than the previous one um, but there are still those uh, yeah knocks that occur from time to time and, and slight strains um, I think this is endemic of his, his career as a whole so far to be honest and probably why uh, probably has been a factor at least anyway in, in, in why he has come home um, but yeah like the, this season's kind of started to have that you know air of being out for a match or two picking up a niggle here and there and kind of and not being able to contribute as best as he as he would like to. Okay, professional debut for Rashida Adeleke. 
and quite a decent one too. She was second behind the reigning world champion on her professional debut this evening. Adeleke finished second behind Shrika Jackson in the 200 metres at the July Istvan Memorial event in Hungary. Adeleke ran a time of 22.36 seconds, just two hundredths of a second off her own national record, which she set in April also as well. It's under the Olympic qualifying mark. as She'll race in the 400 metres at Friday's Diamond League meeting in Monaco. Uh, like I said last night, we're going to speak to her on Monday, hopefully in studio as well. So looking forward to that conversation very good this evening it has to be said okay like, very, i was watching this morning or sorry this evening on, uh, online on the youtube feed and um yeah she was she was better than jackson over the curve and it was only the world champion kind of kicked into high gear in the straight and there are people who know more about these things but it comes back to that tweet that michael johnson put out about her a few weeks ago which says when she gets her arms under control she'll be a real threat because she's a little bit ragged uh, um in the final straightaway particularly this evening and you look across she was in lane seven uh you look across the the rest and there's a lot of people are more in control more experienced runners are conserving their uh being more economical i guess with their mm-hmm. movement jackson in particular um but really it's just a, a impressive start as, as a pro and it kind of yeah. shows what she's going to be capable of from here on in was that mick just dismissing the damned united i loved it says a texture i feel it was generally how, dismissed how, at the time how do i not sound like an uh, you know what here I, I love that book <laughs> and as so often is the case it is very hard to replicate a book that somebody knows and loves intimately uh, as a film hmm. so I don't mean to be like books are always better than the movie but in this case that film it, it was so ugh, it, it just it, it did not capture the essence I would say of it, broad, it broad stroked the book yeah. a little bit but it also it took away. So I, I think I remember we. I think we might have covered this at the time. Um, I don't know. I did interviews around it, but like they were talking about them wanting to be more, wanting to be kinder to to Clough as a character in the film than perhaps the book was. So the late night phone calls to Don Revy when uh, Clough was supposedly in the book at least three sheets to the wind um, were taken out. Uh, and bits and pieces like that and even some of the underhanded stuff that John Giles uh, sued for successfully uh, after the book was published were taken out as well so when you lose decent chunks of the book the film is never really going to be the same probably an understandable decision given that it was pure fiction and just made up in the author's head like yeah. <laughs> like you know it followed the career path of and the story of Brian Clough but like it was basically an inner monologue that he would have no way of knowing uh, if Brian Clough did or taught any of these things so it made it a very entertaining book but I can see why people like John had serious issues with it you know yeah are there any notable examples of film being better than the book Oh. Uh, oh, Arthur says Jaws. The Godfather? Arthur I also say, nods at The Godfather. I would say The Godfather's better read, than the you book. You read the book as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur, did you read Jaws? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just heard it wasn't very good. He just heard the book wasn't good. So you didn't read Jaws. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, a strange book to read. I would argue, and people are going, if people are going to hate me for this, right, because it's such a they're such classics I would argue that Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogies are better than the books better than Tolkien's books I didn't read the books but I found the films absolute snooze fest well there you go but if the, you would definitely find the books snooze fest then like I mean there's there's okay. they're overly detailed and I would say quite hard to read okay um, just like the movies but yeah well I I like the movies I happen to 
I want to watch the three extended versions in one day, Joe, instead of going to college. <laughs> that is your problem. <laughs> Marcus Rashford, five-year deal. Yeah, he signed a new five-year contract with Manchester United today. His previous deal is due to expire next summer, but he'll now remain at Old Trafford until at least 2028. And naturally, it's believed Rashford's new deal will see him double his salary. Meanwhile, slightly more surprising news from Old Trafford. Johnny Evans has rejoined Manchester United on a short-term deal. The 35-year-old is a free agent following his release by Leicester and is effectively going to pad out the United squad for their pre-season games over the next few weeks. Meanwhile, United are close to completing the signing of Inter goalkeeper Andrea Nana. He has has reportedly travelled to England with a 55 million euro package agreed between the clubs and United fullback Alex Telesh who spent last season on loan at Sevilla is close to joining Saudi club Al Nasser and his former teammate Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> it's like it's like football manager with Al Nasser and all these teams isn't it like you yeah. know who's going to be popping up who was it would you say I, there's I, any locals that are going out here I'm not going to get a game here it's like Homer and the the isotopes um, <laughs> the, well, the yeah. plant team yeah God, where was I did we have this discussion on air or not oh. don't know what the discussion is yet Joe God I need to think now because I don't want to betray someone <laughs> <laughs> well anyway I don't think it is a major issue but anyway I was talking to someone who's uh, who's, uh, who's, who's, who's can't say why his son came home in an Al Nasser tracksuit like oh right okay got a jersey and an Al Nasser uh, top so they're taking over Oh, yeah, this is ringing a bell but I can't remember where I heard it either yeah were you there for that no, I genuinely don't remember anyway this isn't very yeah. good but anyway that that. But <laughs> if, imagine if that keeps happening <laughs> Al Nasser becoming a, they win. a thing so the tea times are out for Thursday at Hoylake Yep, Rory McIlroy is going to play alongside Masters champion John Ram and Justin Rose for the first two rounds of this week's Open Championship. They'll tee off just before 3pm on Thursday at Royal Liverpool. Seamus Power and Patrick Harrington are grouped together along with Taylor Gooch for a 9.14 tee time on Thursday morning. Shane Lowry goes out just over an hour later. He's alongside Ricky Fowler and Robert McIntyre while Mead's Alex Maguire is the first Irishman out on Thursday morning just after 7am. We'll talk to Lawrence Donegan this hour. It promises to be an amazing major for all sorts of reasons. I saw, by the way, John Ram in his press conference. He is a very impressive person, Ram. Speaks amazingly well for someone who learned English like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And just uh, substance to the end. So they asked Ram the question that they've been asking a lot of the big players in recent weeks, which is, should the PGA Tour now make things right with you financially given that you stayed and the Live Boys made money and now there's an alliance. And everybody has said, bloody right, yeah. So Rams asked this and he says, I wasn't forced into anything. Do I think they should compensate me? No. I stayed because it was the best choice for me and for the golf I wanted to play. We all had the choice to go to Live and take the money. We chose to stay on the PGA Tour for whatever reason. I'm already making an amazing living doing what I do. I'm extremely thankful for that. And all that happened because of the platform the PGA Tour gave me. As far as I'm concerned, they've done enough for me. Their focus should be on improving the PGA Tour and the game of golf for future generations. To which well, the room said, oh, don't really have a follow up there. <laughs> uh, so that'll be, that's kind of um, interesting. Just I see he is, as Richie says, playing with Roy McIlroy, who was very much of the opinion damn right they should make things right he me. did I did see Rory defending the PGA Tour the maybe 
maybe the day before the Scottish Open, whatever the last press conference I would have seen him in. Mm. And he was he's he's definitely in the far. He was it was the same press conference where he said he'd rather retire than play for, play live golf. Oh yeah. But I think when he was started when they brought the PGA Tour into it, he was definitely in more conciliatory form. Right. Did you see the out of bounds um, uh, where the out of bounds line is on the 18th hole in Hoylake? So basically, they've apparently it's a it's a it's an out of bounds anyway because it goes into a driving range. But they brought it in. It's basically about two yards off the fairway on the right hand side. There's just an out of bounds line. Yeah, I did see that. So that could be apparently on the third, possibly so it's all the way down the hole. They have so it could inter- be interesting. Internal OBs are controversial. Mm. Players obviously don't like them. Amateurs hate them. Yeah, one at Royal St George's, which cost Dustin Johnson, and Port Rush had one on the first, as Rory McIlroy knows. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Uh, the Shining, better film than books, is Connor on YouTube. Good man, Connor. I'll take your word for it. I haven't read the book. Have you read David Peace's other football book, Red or Dead, about Bill Shankly? Even better still, says Dennis. It's like nine hundred pages, and I've it heard is bad even things. it is even more yeah. uh, drivelly. Like it's hard to. It, do, it, do, it, do you know what? Though? It's I, not I, even written in full sentences. Like it's tough work. Like uh, somebody, I, it's a long time ago now, so I can't remember. So that book was uh, hated by lots of people uh, as being like overly repetitive. Like it's nine hundred pages of went to work, had coffee open you know the same routine over and over and over again and some reviewer made a brilliant point that on the face of it that's so awfully dull but the the cumulative effect if you read the book was like an experience almost of it it, it kind of let you experience just how many days and how many games Bill Shankly had managed for and like it almost got into your bones yeah that by the end of it you kind of almost had a quasi experience and that was the genius of it I thought that's a bloody interesting point. Maybe, maybe that's one of those books you have to sit through and almost do the work. And at the end of it, you'll have some kind of appreciation of Shankly. Yeah, get through that pain and get the reward at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, I gave up after four and four hundred and fifty pages. <laughs> <laughs> this is very similar to the last chapter. We got to go, Richie. Thank you very much. Nice and gents. Michael, thank you. Cheers.